0: Church presents the Kingdom of God
1: Crusade.
0: Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing.
2: Praise the Lord and good morning, everyone. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on charter cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m., on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m., on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m., on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m., on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you would like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Cali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. on August the fall of 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, we continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or some to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin today's program, Under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, the church choir will sing for you the inspiring song entitled, Something Good is Going to Happen to You. Today is a day that you too can be saved because Jesus is passing your way. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words appear on your screen. church band under my direction will play give them all to Jesus. Yes, viewers, we can give all the burdens we may have in this world and the Lord will give us strength and joy. This blessed morning, we have our soloist, Emilia Hahn, singing the moving song entitled, Faith Can Move Mountains. Because with God, all things are possible. When life may seem dark, put your faith and trust in Jesus, as He is always with us and will make a way for you. Yeah. For their second number, the church choir will be singing the song entitled, Discipleship. Like the Lord's disciples, we should be willing and ready to follow Jesus wherever He may go. We must also be willing to do whatever Jesus wants us to do. And we must be willing to do whatever He wants us to be. have a flute with from our church band playing the inspiring song, It's Time to Pray. For prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God, which moves the whole world. and Savior Jesus is our rock, and with him we find comfort, shelter, and salvation. To close the musical section of our program is the vocal duet of Associate Pastor Marvin and Sherlyn Abing, who will sing this comforting song titled Rock of Ages. It gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to Mark and Kristen Hahn of South Carolina. May the Lord continue to bless you both in this life as well as that to come. Have a wonderful Sunday.
0: Z- wow. Jesus clear for me. Let me hide myself in
3: Thee. Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, And I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and location in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California. These telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XT TV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KB TV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on car- Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From six to seven a.m. on station KUCW, channel thirty, of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From six to seven a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel five zero three, in New York City. If you would like to know more about the gospel work and view a Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state, Hawaii. Services are held daily at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Okamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services are held on Wednesday evenings only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Kaloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Kotobato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services, regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now, I'd like to return our program to hit Pastor Billy Hunt, Jr., who brings bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. It is true, viewers,
2: the Bible is an amazing and formidable resource and tool. And if you have not yet made that discovery, I want to assure you it is filled with material that is necessary to sustain a strong spiritual life and especially ways on how you can serve and please God. If your Bible has been pushed aside for a long while, why not brush off the dust on it and begin to reinstate it right now? As I present my sermon, I invite you to join me today in the reading of God's Word. What a wonderful way to begin the message the Lord has given me, and which I have entitled, Love, an Affection Worth Perfecting. In the midst of despair, there's always hope that has emanated from the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we allow Christ to fill our lives with His presence, we are able to face any of the trials experienced while living in this fallen world through His unfailing love and strength. We are able to look beyond this life to hope we have in a reward that the world cannot comprehend, neither will accept as true. The Apostle Paul tells us, "I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, The things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Today's sermon will take us to the book of Ruth. Ruth was not a prophet likened to Isaiah or Jeremiah, nor was she a woman of renown, but a faithful helpmeet and a Moabite. Whatever her background was, Ruth, and likened to Esther, God found it important to include their stories in the Bible, wherewith we will find comfort through their personal experiences. It is important to note, neither of them authored their stories, nor are their stories considered prophetic. However, what is evident is both played very important roles in paving the way for the soon-coming Savior, Jesus Christ. Ruth's story will teach us commitment and dedication of decisions, service, and of reward. A thousand years earlier, Abraham was called of God to be the founder of nations through which a Savior will be born. In Ruth, we will find the family within that nation in which a Savior will come. Ruth was a great grandmother of King David. Though a Moabite, she was willing to give her all to her aging mother-in-law, Naomi. We will also see God's intervention in the lives of those He loves, to the extent that through His intervention, the flawless lineage leading to Jesus Christ will be continued. Naomi and her husband, Eli, Melek a descendant of the tribe of Judah, lived in a time when the judges ruled the land of Judah. It was a time when there was no appointed king to rule over Israel, and thus every man did which was right in his own eyes. Famine and political turbulence drove her family to the land of Moab because at that time it was a land experiencing prosperity and success. As it continued in the land of Moab, Naomi's husband died. Her two sons, who accompanied her to the land of Moab, married women of Moab and unfortunately died also. Naomi, who was now along in age and distraught, what the hand of God delivered to her was now left with her two daughter-in-laws, of which one was named Ruth. Naomi was grieved that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me and yearned for the comfort of her homeland. Let us read in Ruth 1, 6 to 8. Then she, that is Naomi, arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as he have dealt with the dead and with me. Stricken with grief, Naomi strives, strives to find relief in her homeland of Judah. With great sadness, she bids her two daughters-in-law farewell and releases them to return to their mother's house. Though her two daughters-in-law are dedicated to her, Naomi could no longer provide them with sons to marry. And even if it was possible to marry and have sons on the morrow, would they tarry for them till they were grown? Thus, saddened with grief, one left but Ruth clave unto Naomi. Let us read in Ruth 1, 16 to 18 and 22. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. But she saw that she was steadfastly minded to with her. Then she left speaking unto her. So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. We know and believe the promises God has set before us. However, we do not know the intricate details in God's plan that will bring these things to pass. At times, we do not understand why God does what He does. And we only can find comfort that His ways are not our ways and His thoughts are not likened to ours. As painful as the loss of loved ones may be, if it be that certain means of bringing the saved back to Him, how wondrous are His works. Naomi acknowledged how the Almighty has afflicted her, as you read in Ruth 1, verses 20 and 21. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, that is pleasant. Call me Mara, that is bitter. For the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord had brought me home again, empty. Why then call me Naomi, seeing the Lord had testified against me, and the Almighty had afflicted me? Paul tells us in Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. God has never forsaken His people, nor will He ever break His covenant. His word indeed is a two-edged sword, whereby He is able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. For example, God knew Jeremiah before he was formed in the belly. Before Jeremiah came out of the womb, God knew he would be sanctified and ordained a prophet unto the nations. God also knew of the character and choices that would be made of Esau while he and his twin brother Jacob were still in the womb. We read in Genesis 25, 22, 23, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Thus God knew beforehand how Esau would be a person of the world and despise his birthright, whereas his brother Jacob, though covetous of his birthright, would reverence it. Thus, the Almighty God was bringing Naomi back to Judah for an intended purpose. Accompanying her would be a dedicated this, who would fulfill the very words of Jesus as you read in Luke 18, 28 to 30. Then Peter said, "'Lo, we have left all, and follow thee.' And he said unto them, "'Verily I say unto you, "'There is no man that hath left house or parents, "'or brethren or wife, "'or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. Dedication, decisions, and service were in the character of Ruth. Though an outsider that is being a person of Moab, God had a plan for her. Her life was closely interwoven with the life of her mother-in-law Naomi, whose late husband Eli Melek, was of the tribe of Judah. All of this was done for the glory of the Lord. Reading Genesis 49 10 The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet unto Shiloh, Christ, that is Christ the Messiah. Come and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. When Jacob blessed his 12 sons, in essence, he spoke of various characters and personalities. However, when addressing Judah, he spoke of the future, that is, of Jesus Christ. Paul proclaims in the New Testament, "Let God be true, and every man a liar." In his epistle to Timothy, we read in chapter three, verse sixteen, "And great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory." Yes, viewers, today is a day of salvation if you will hear His voice. What was told to Nicodemus left him in awe. Zacchaeus, the publican, intrigued by the word of God, acknowledged his sinful ways and repented. Yes, there is something about the power and wonderful name of Jesus. Today, Jesus is calling you. He spoke compassionately to Zacchaeus in Luke 195 6 And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down. For today I must abide in thy house. And he made haste, and came down, and received him joyfully. This morning, Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart. Will you with swiftness open the doors of your hearts? It doesn't matter what sins you have committed, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. In the eyes of the Savior, every person has worth, and he calls you by name. The signs and wonders that follow Jesus is certainly worthy of your trust. Such were the circumstances encountered by Nicodemus. Let us read in John 3, verses 1-5. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered very, very, I said to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. In these troubled and perilous times, salvation should be paramount. Two individuals, Nicodemus and Zacchaeus, recognized that indeed Jesus was sent from God. Will you of yours humble yourselves and allow Jesus to abide in your house? Let us continue reading in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This simple act of faith is a response of a good conscience toward God. It begins the journey to the kingdom of God and eternal life. Peter, a Galilean fisherman, was a true fisher of men. Through the empowerment of the Holy Ghost that dwell within him, he expounded on the path that leads to eternal life. Let us read in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is nothing false or conflicting between the words of Jesus, Peter, or Paul. Being born of water is the baptism in Jesus' name and to be born of the Spirit to be filled with the Holy Ghost, as evidenced by the speaking in an unknown tongue. Further confirmation is found in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Many have said, I love the Lord and enjoy your program and your preaching, Pastor, but the gospel that you preach, I'm not comfortable with. The best answer I can give you is a quotation from 1 John 5:3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Zacchaeus, Nicodemus, the Philippian jailer, the eunuch from Ethiopia, and many others did not readily at first receive the words Jesus preached. They too thought of it at first as being offensive contrary to popular belief and not sanctioned by God. However, the works that follow the preaching confirm the word of God with signs following, thus causing the saving of their souls. In spite of stirring the waters of Christian realm, I find it in myself to obey God rather than man. Being ordained of the Lord, I have been given charge to preach against sin, proclaim the gospel of good news, and to fervently preach the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us read in Mark 16:14 to 19. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as he sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he had was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. The scriptures are very persuasive, and yet even until this very moment do the unlearned and unstable rest with the authenticity of the scriptures. If you find yourself in conflict with the Word of God, viewers, the best thing to do is to make yourself right with the Lord. Jesus said, I come not to send peace, but a sword. We are fortunate to have obtained salvation, not by what we are or by what we have done, but have obtained salvation by keeping God's commandments. And through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are reminded that we are saved by grace and not of works, lest any man should boast. What of the speaking in tongues? Let us read in Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yes. Won't you accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior today? Water baptism is essential to salvation and the influence of the Holy Ghost is God's seal of redemption. Ruth had a similar level of love and it was an affection worth perfecting. Having the ancestry of Terah, the father of Abraham, her honest motives were to preserve her family name and to have the possessions of her father-in-law redeemed and restored to the family. Nothing was done in greed but in true reverence to the God of Israel. In God's plan, she would represent the call of all races and cultures to Christ because she was a Moabite. Peoples would be willing to give up their all to serve the true God. This is what God saw in Ruth. The righteous seed of Abraham would be carried through her while gleaning the fields of corn in order to meet the needs of her mother-in-law and herself. She came into the presence of Boaz, the owner of the fields. A kinsman and descendant of the tribe of Jews. Acknowledging their plight and determination, he rewarded her with great kindness and generosity. Reading Ruth 2, 11 to 12. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother in law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. We can never overemphasize that changes must take place in our lives. When we come to Christ, to Christ's change must be evident. We must have been called out of people, to be special people in the eyes of God. We have been called out of the world to serve the Lord with holy hands, feet and conversations. Being saved frees us from sin and from being continued servants of sin to become servants of righteousness. Television viewers, I ask you, will you be able, like to Ruth, to leave all and become a new creature in Christ? If you are able, your works will be recognized and rewarded by God and appreciated by all those who are living righteously. So it was with Ruth. She could have returned to her family in Moab, but she decided to cleave to Naomi. She could have once again worshipped the gods of Moab, but she chose not to, believing there was something special to the God of the Jews. She could have stayed in her own land, but desired to dwell in the land of promise. We are faced with so many similar decisions every day, and only having our eyes fixed on the Lord will Jesus be our victory. Boaz recognized the love of Ruth, as you read in Ruth 3, 10-12, and he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter. For thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich, and now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to thee all that thou requires. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. And now it is true that I am near kinsman, Howbeit, there is a kinsman nearer than I. It was in the heart of Naomi to have Ruth marry Boaz, being a family member or kinsman. However, Boaz, though having the love for Ruth and Naomi, there was a kinsman of the family that had greater ties and claimed to so Naomi and her family. Naomi's desire to have Ruth marry Boaz could only be resolved by the intervention of God. In God's plan, nothing is impossible. And nothing is too hard for the Lord to accomplish. God will soften and touch the hearts. God will make the crooked path straight as well as part the waters and cause us to cross on dry ground. He will shut the mouth of lions and will even deliver His saints from the eternal grip of death. Yes, we are worshipping a God where all things are possible in Him that believeth. Now the role of the kinsman was very important. The kinsman redemption was of persons and inheritance. The redeemer must be of a kinsman or the nearest living male blood relative. The Redeemer must be able to redeem. The full price of redemption must be paid in full. Such was the Christ of the cross, who died for the sins of the whole world. Boaz pursues the purchase, but he knew it would only occur if the initial kinsman would decline his ties to it. So Boaz went about to assemble those involved and called upon the kinsman with a greater claim to discuss the matter. Reading Ruth 4, 3 to 6. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother, Eli Eliimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, buy it before the inhabitants and before the leaders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me that I may know. For there is none to redeem it besides thee, and I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. He seemed that all hopes were lost when the initial kinsman said he would claim the inheritance. However, Boaz did not stop there. He explained redeeming the land from Naomi and also marrying her daughter-in-law, Ruth the Moabite. We continue reading in verses 5 to 6. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi? Thou must buy it also of Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead, upon the inheritance and the kinsman said I cannot redeem it for myself lest I mar my own inheritance redeem thou my right to thyself for I cannot redeem it we are assured victory as you wait upon the Lord God has a long-range plan for the gospel and for his people let us reread in Ruth 4 to 13 and all the people that were in the gate and the elders said we are witnesses the Lord, make that woman that is coming to thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which to build the house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephratah and be famous in Bethlehem. And let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah, of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife, and went in unto her. The Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. Ruth was appreciated and likened to Jacob's wives, Rachel and Leah, which bear eight of the twelve tribes of Judah, of Israel, of which Judah was one of them. Ruth was honored by all. Let us read in verse 15 to 17, And he, that is Boaz, shall be unto thee, that is Naomi, a restorer of thy life, and nourisher of thine own age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, had borne him. And the woman, her neighbors, gave it a name, saying, there is a son born to Naomi, and they call his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the Church, and review the telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until your next telecast is your host, Head Pastor Billy Han Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of the sands. To close today's program, the church band will play All I Need.